You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. It could be an anniversary. Some might call it a milestone. It's episode 450. Oh, my goodness gracious. 450, which means that somehow this free podcast is going to cost you double because we're going to end up saying legacy numbering and doing some wacky stuff. But here I am. My name's Jim. I'm your host. I'm going to be going through a bunch of books as I continue to try to figure out what kind of format we'll go forward with. But right now, the forward momentum is let's at least keep up with some of these big books so that we don't fall fully behind and everybody gets to hear some things so they don't forget about the podcast. That's the format. It's kind of a good format. It's kind of one that a lot of people use, you know, every week. You just don't really think of it that way. But we're going to have a bunch of books here, some better than the others. I heard that Jenny said some were bangers. I don't agree with her. I I don't, Jenny. I'm sorry. I love you. You're not my bias, but I don't know about the banger deal. But we do have some uh, big books. I ended up promising the last episode that we had that I would get back to the Namor book, the Christopher Cantwell book. Well, we will do that tonight as well as some other things as you've probably seen by the title and maybe the timestamps in the show notes but before we go into those books please go over to twitter at ws marvel comics follow us we will follow you back right there oh my goodness greta's now mad at me everybody's mad at me jenny greta i mean who else could be possibly be mad at me maybe Flo. oh my god Flo! why would i want to kiss them grits but in that go-to, as I said, WS Marvel Comics, follow us. We'll follow you right on back. Then go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where you can get reviews each and every week of the books that come out from Marvel, mainly done by my man Gabe. And what I like about that, some of the books that I'll talk about tonight are things that Gabe has already reviewed, and me and him have differing opinions on one of them. I mean, real differing, but that's the cool play of it. Everybody can like stuff that some other person doesn't and whatnot, as long as you have reason, as long as it's just not strict hate, right? Then I don't mind. We all can get together, discuss things. But that's kind of the fun thing of talking about comics with people. And I say that we're talking about comics right now with people. Also, go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where you can get a ton of shows Each level, more shows, there's a bunch of levels. You all go up to the highest level, which is the badasses of the Get Fresh crew, beep, boop, and they get to pick everything that we do. Now, as I'm trying to figure out formatting and things like that, we're not actually doing the weekly spotlight for the moment. That's a little hiatus right now, but it'll be back, and that's one of the big things that we usually have. But right now, there's still a ton of other Marvel shows, as well as DC manga indie stuff all of that stuff wrapped up into one and so with all of that that is the end of the you know the skills that pay the bills we're going to get into this episode like i said we have a bunch of books jenny might have thought they were bangers i don't know but we'll get through them quick like if you listened to last episode i tried to get it a little bit more speedy going through not necessarily everything that happened in the issue i tend even to it go that route. And I think that by this point, everybody has read the issues and you kind of just want to sit there and think about some of the things. Uh, of course, we'll point out, 
you know, the wacky stuff, which some of these books have a lot of wacky stuff in them, but not just every page tip for tat and stuff like that. There's no bullet points or notes here. I'm not smart enough to have bullet points and notes. And I do this is why this intro is going on so long because I'm sitting here in my basement trying to avoid my family. So I'm just, you know, mush mouth going on and on and on. Also, right now, I actually have a really bad case of acid reflux. So forgive me if things go wrong. I ended up having lasagna for dinner. I made lasagna for everybody. I thought I did a really good job. And then I end up saying, hey, everybody, I made lasagna. Let's eat dinner. All of a sudden, everybody in this house is against lasagna. This is the one time I make it. This has never been the case. I don't know when the anti-lasagna movement started. But seriously, if Garfield found out, he'd flip a lid. And it's Monday, so he likes and doesn't like. Oh, my goodness, Garfield might end up just, you know, offing himself. But with all that, with that fun talk of Garfield committing suicide, we'll go off to the books. And we're going to start with, you know, it should be a big book. I mean, Captain America is a big character, right? A big book. We're going to go off. But which cap do you say? Well, we'll see right now because we're going to start with Captain America's symbol of truth number six. If you're playing at home, you'll know that is the Sam Wilson cap book. It's written by Tochi Anabuchi, art by Ig Guerrera, colors by Jesus Erbatov, and letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. I like saying Tochi Anabuchi. I just don't like reading what he writes. That that might be a problem here, right? Oh, <laughs> oh my. Because that first arc of this book was complete and utter garbage. It was a convoluted mess. I couldn't even go. I, I had to get Sherlock Holmes in this joint and ask him what was going on. And he said, elementary, dear Jimmy, it's garbage. So that's what I'm going with. Thanks a lot, Sherlock. But here is the recap of what we got in that first arc. And let's see what old Onabuchi thinks is the most important thing coming out of that. Although Captain America successfully held at White Wolf and Crossbones bioattack in Wakanda, doing so without the Wakandan government's permission came at a cost. The renunciation of asylum for the American immigrants of the Wakanda Forever movement and cessation of all American immigration to Wakanda. Captain America and Falcon returned home discouraged at the price of their victory. Meanwhile, the White Wolf has set a new plan in motion. So there is what is the most important thing. We're getting a recap of those five issues here. So it was the shutdown of the immigration of the Americans into Wakanda for that Wakandan Forever movement. The big problem is Onabuchi never gave us any sort of feels that that was big beyond being big on paper. You know, that the idea of it sounds big, but we never really saw much of it. It was in the background. It was mentioned, yeah, when you ended up having Sam having to go to Wakanda, the, the red tape kind of came in here, but he had people pulling strings. Hey, he gets to go in. But all in all, we never really saw anything. We didn't even have, like, usually in a story like this, we'll have a point of view character. We'll have Sam know a family that decides to go, and, and they are going to really improve their life by going, and their son is going to be able to do this and that and the other thing. And, oh, my God, because Sam done messed up, they now have to go back and, you know, their problems and all that, and what are we going to do? We never had anything like that. We never got any feels that it was personal or big or real because you found out about it and then it was ripped away i it would almost be like the idea of finding out there's a prime minister and you kind of get a little idea about her and then she dies by the end of the issue like oh my goodness that's what happens here this is what he's been doing 
how can you get behind these things? Well, this is why this book is not must read. And that problem's going to come right back at us this issue. And this is better than what we got in that first arc. I'll, I'll say that. But is being better than a convoluted mess any sort of accomplishment? I would say no. But. We start out in the United Nations headquarters, New York City, not a packed house. A lot of people didn't clock in that day. I don't know. I I think that maybe we should look into this and they're all lazy layabouts. But in this whole deal, you have Prime Minister Sconlin, you know, everybody's favorite character, Prime Minister Sconlin, the newly elected prime minister of Mohanda, who has come to the United Nations to tell everybody that she ran on a platform of let's stop the racial strife. And also, let's do some reparations to the people who got treated like crap in the past. That's fine. I think that the thing here is she really, she promised this. She ain't got no money. She needs a little bit of the kashunda from the rest of the world to maybe help out. She's saying it's a good thing, so you should go. But, uh, spoiler alert, I I made a joke about it already. She's going to die in a couple pages. This whole play of... Having her here as a device to show, oh, she's good and trying to do, you know, a good thing. And then she'll get killed by White Wolf and his plan. Oh, no, White Wolf's bad. What a shocker. I mean, really, you could have accomplished this in one page of having him go and slap a baby right upside the face. Just slap that baby. And then you'd be like, oh, man, he's bad. But you end up instead taking almost 10 pages. Of dialogue about Mohanda and Prime Minister Sconlin. Halfway through this issue, Sam Wilson Cap, I don't know, I think his name is on the marquee, barely says a word. And why is he even there? He's done messed up so bad they shouldn't even let him in the UN building. Plus, I don't know if he's running security for Sconlin because she has her own security detail that Sam at one point has to say, I'll take it from here, which they should then say, no, you won't. No, you didn't. And so with all of this all going around and spinning around, you're not getting anywhere. And so I said, and I actually complained, we never saw or did anything with the immigration to Wakanda. You could maybe argue, well, you get this reparation stuff from Scotland, so at least you get that. But you can't just drop info like this on the reader and then just two pages later kill her. Oh, no. What will we do now? I mean, really? What will we do now? Well, let's go back, you know, eight pages and just start over. Uh, But at the end, you find it's White Wolf, so that's okay. But in that, Cap's listening to the talk, and and afterwards, she's going to go out. She's like, oh, my God, I have a target on my back. Half the people in my country even hate me. Yes, we get it. We get it. And so he ends up calling out to Falcon. Falcon was doing a sweep of the crowd outside. Hey, Falcon, how is everything out there? Are there any sort of danger zones here? You know, is Kenny Loggins out there singing danger zone? Anything. And Falcon gets back to him there with Red Wing and says, nope, all friendlies as far as I can see. I checked everything. Looks good. Sam basically says, what was that? You said everything looks good. That sounds fishy. And says, go sweep again. And then ends up changing the whole security detail for the prime minister because falcon said nothing bad coming out here everything looks great everything looks fantastic Uh uh-oh that spells trouble so he ends up taking and going to her security and says change of plans fellas 
We're going to go the opposite way. But that then seems to be the plan, but isn't, but is. And even then, where Falcon is, it's I. you don't get the whole lay of the land. Where Falcon is and saying everything looks good. Sam says, oh, we're not going to go that way, whatever. But then ends up that way anyway. And then they're there. And then out of nowhere, I mean, out of nowhere, the prime minister of Mohanda ends up seeing an old man who's buckled over and having, you know, some sort of distress. Falcon says, there's an old man out here, a civilian. He's under distress. He looks like he's having a heart attack, right? They walk out. And what a coincidence this is. You end up having the prime minister go, oh, my God, that's my grandfather. What? Really? Like, out of all this, their grandfather's just out there. Why isn't he in Mahanda? He going around traveling. So you end up with, oh, my God, grandpa, which then Sam has to pull her away as he's having a heart attack. They start running back into the U.N., which is now being gassed. And they're yelling, we're under attack. Terrorist attack, gas. Falcon's trying to help the grandpa outside, but he doesn't know what to do. He's not even doing CPR. He's just putting up his hands. Actually, looks like he's putting up the devil horns, like he thinks he's at an Iron Maiden concert. Maybe that's what works. I don't know. But in that, then, (laughs) Sam grabs the prime minister and they take to the air. You know, okay, we'll be safe in the air. Oh, no, there is an attack, and it does look like this point the wakandan secret police definitely looks like that mask that they wear but they also have metal wings they're coming in everything must have been a setup but how do you set up going back forth all this play and they end up you know shooting at sam and the prime minister it's nice that sam is able to save the prime minister for now and you know he ends up throwing his shield a bit knocking some people down and that ends up with Sam, the prime minister, and two of these terrorist attackers, they're on the ground, and we're going to go, and we'll see what happens to them, because also then, where Falcon's waiting, and an ambulance comes up, sus ambulance, I say, because this guy gets out, gets a syringe, and just walks up to Falcon, and injects something in the back of his neck, he passes out, all this stuff going on, is so much nonsense, and so then... Where they're on the ground, you have these two terrorists. The one looks like he's checking the pulse of his down brethren. So Sam lands there. I don't know why. Right at this point, your big play and your big goal should be to get that prime minister out of there. Yeah, it might be nice to catch somebody or stop some of these terrorists, but it seems like you could guess the terrorists are after her anyway. So doubling back and landing with the, it doesn't make any sense. He should get out. He should go wherever he can to get her out of danger and then come back or try to get a hold of Falcon. Unfortunately, Falcon's knocked out. But even so, why land here? He lands and says to this guy who it looked like he was taking the pulse there, says, hey, you're not going anywhere. The guy wasn't really going anywhere. He was just standing there. So. end up having him then try to get away sam hits the guy with the shield this guy goes down so there's two guys down and then all of a sudden he says you know what i don't think that that guy was checking the pulse oh no i think there's a bomb and there's a big explosion everybody should be dead and it seems to me like at least three people sam doesn't die but you see impaled Prime Minister, we hardly knew ye. You're dead. You end up, oh my God, the Prime Minister's down. So in just a little bit of time, 
you have Sam messing everything up for, you know, Americans going to Wakanda. Now, he legitimately, in this point, had messed up, and the Prime Minister is dead because of him. Yeah, White Wolf did the whole deal in these things, but besides, he could have gotten away. He, he, he didn't. He came back. Why? To stop one guy who set a bomb and blew things up? If you wouldn't have had Sam go back, I bet that guy wouldn't have set that bomb because that bomb was to kill them. But you would think that the guy who set that bomb and then got knocked out right next to the guy, that, that he should be dead. But later they say, hey, that guy that we captured, the assassin you captured, what? That guy should be dead. Falcon, he's in a hospital bed from that shot. Things are going wrong with that. The prime minister's dead. Sam looks fine. Doesn't seem like anything's wrong with him. And then they start talking about this idea of, oh, no, this was a terrorist attack. They were targeting the prime minister. No crap. And so you end up where the guy says, an ID on the assassin you captured. You captured. He knocked the guy out right next to a bomb that blew up. Nonsense. This this is stuff that's nonsense. But again, the prime minister, do you have any feelings for her at all? No. And so it's, oh, she was DOA. Oh, my goodness gracious. And then Sam, he gets all It's personal now. Now they done messed up because he says, I'm going to get the people responsible for this, Joaquin. I swear it. Oh, my. You swear it, right? Like you swear it in Wakanda. You swear it all up and down all over the place. You do nothing right. So then you get in Mahanda the announcement. Hey, everybody. The prime minister is pronounced dead. Oh, no, she's been assassinated. Anybody get any feels for this? Anybody? And then we see, oh, my God, White Wolf, he was involved. He did it? I can't believe it. The only other guy in this book that we know, he's the, oh, my. Oh, you did it again, Otobuchi. You did it again. But, yeah, it's nonsense. I saw Gabe give this a nine. What the hell was he smoking? Holy crap. This is Garbage. Uh, not as much garbage as the last deal. Because at least I can follow it. But when I followed it, it made my eyes roll all over the place. It's just ridiculous. Things that happened made no sense. You didn't care. Nothing was set up properly. And now it's just, oh no, White Wolf bad. Oh my goodness. I see a guy with that mustache. You know he's bad. Holy moly. You haven't seen a mustache like that since Tom Selleck. And you know what he did, right? <laughs> ah. What he did was entertain the world, is what he did. So God bless you, Tom Selleck. But, yeah, you end with that. The art's great. The art is supui, as they say, but the book's a mess, and it's not helping. People were, and people were against Sam, you know, for bad reasons at the beginning. But you know how you end that? You write a damn good book. You write a book that people want to read, that people think is great. So what happens with this is all you're doing there on Ibuchi is giving, you know, you're giving the bullets to these assholes, part of my French, that want to tell everybody that Sam is an awful character. You're giving them fodder to do this whole deal of, see, that's why you can't have a Sam Kett book. No, that's not why. If you write a good book, any character, as the great and powerful Eric Shea told me, there's no bad characters, just bad writers. So why is there so many bad writers right now? Because it now feels like everything's bad. Now it's just the, the, the whole place should be just torn down. I'm not just talking marble. I'm talking everything, including this house. You hear me, kids? Holy moly. It's just bad. I'm going to give it a five out of ten, just a normal five. But that's all for art. It's all for art. Now, this could certainly turn around. 
you're getting to something that at least you set up, you know, throughout all this with White Wolf that is personal to T'Challa. That could be cool. All of this stuff. Please just sit down and get a clear thought of how things should progress. Then when you get to that, then double back yourself and then set up things so they mean it by the end. You can't just throw characters at us and have them die and think we're going to care. You can't throw concepts at us without showing us the actual part of it that works, doesn't work, and actually make it feel real. Because by the end, it's just nonsense. And this has gone on way too long. Way, way too long. Now I'm angry, but we'll go on right now. We'll go off to talk a little Christopher Cantwell. So, boy, and one of my favorites. But here we go. And this is Namor, the Submariner Conquered Shores, number one, written by Christopher Cantwell, art by Pascal Perry, colors by Matt Hollinsworth, and letters by DC's Joe Caramagna. And it, it's kind of a boring issue. It's not bad. It's just kind of boring. The pacing is real slow. Christopher Cantwell is setting up this Elseworlds what-if type deal. The Kree had come down and attacked, and it seems as if the world had been supercharged into global warming. I know that Greta would be really pissed off about that. And most of the planet has flooded over, which, you know, that's pretty cool if you're Atlantean. Not bad if you can breathe underwater, but if you're an air breather and a surface dweller, that causes some issues. But Atlantis has opened up their gates a bit. Doesn't seem like they're really paying much attention to these refugees that are down there and even people still on the surface. They're not so pleased. With the Atlanteans. In the meantime, you end up having, in a weird play, Namor says, I'm not the king. I really can't do much. I'm working on things. I'm pretty busy. I mean, that's not that great, right? And you end up having Steve Rogers, Captain America, down below, and he's trying to make everybody get along. What? Hey, us air breathers, we got to stick together. Let's have a meal. I got my A rations. Like, really, there? Cap, you can take your A rations and shove them up your A ration, but there's a weird play in here, and this is the stuff that gets me from Christopher Cantwell. He wants to set up this idea of conflict amongst brethren. You know, oh, we're air breathers. We shouldn't fight. But at one point, you have this guy, oh, man, I'm going to steal this torch from you because I, I got to be warm in my family. Yeah, but my family, but my family. Yay, peanut butter, chocolate. Oh, my God, we have a Reese's peanut butter cup. Steve comes in and goes, Hey, buddy, you can't steal somebody's torch, whatnot. And then the guy says, but I'm going to starve to death. And then Steve goes, not right now. Oh, thanks. Thanks there, Steve. That's like one of those like, hey, you're going to live for now. Everybody dies. Like this isn't very much consolation of this. Again, in a book that takes place underwater, there's a lot of surface level stuff going on here. And so, yeah, you end up seeing that Atlantis doing okay i don't know that you're seeing it's great but doing a lot better than the surface and steve goes to namor at least namor runs into steve hey what up steve hey what up namor you you working on that energy thing for us down here and not really but i got a lot of things on my plate you know maybe some squids and crabs you know that sort of thing right uh but i'll get to that oh by the way there namor uh, there's a birth that's going to be happening on the surface. What? That hasn't happened in two years. Like, you know, everybody. But, hey, I know. You want to go see it? It involves Luke Cage, you know, the guy who's pissed off at you and wants to kill you. But let's let's go. And it's not even really established that way, but you kind of get it. 
And they're going to go, and this is the way that Steve underhandedly is going to try to be a good guy and a gem and get these two together. Almost that play of we can just get these two pricks together in the same room. They'll work out their problems. Well, they don't. And they go, and when you show up, there's Luke Cage. He's all pissed because, oh, no, the baby died, and so did the mother. You don't even know what's going on here. And he attacks Namor. And I think that the plot's slow. But what else is slow is the, you know, the brain of the one Atlantean guard. I swear that Namor gets the crap kicked out of him by Luke Cage. And then two pages later, the the Atlantean guard goes, "Uh uh-oh, I think that Namor's gotten attacked. And then they just start fighting, which does nothing. You have this big fight, and then it just ends with Namor looking up into the sky, and he sees the Human Torch. And I do believe this would be Jim Hammond. Human Torch, he sees, wait, Torch, and yell. The end. Very odd. Very odd issue. Very nothing of an issue. And I I was thinking the idea that with these things, and this is just an Elseworlds book, it's not that important. And it's just something, if you like Christopher Cantwell, you know, God bless you. But if you do, you know, have at it. Have fun with this. I'm not a big fan of his. And this didn't grab me. I like Namor enough. But if I'm going to get invested in a Namor book, I kind of need a little more Namor. And I'd like it if it's an Elseworld to have some kick-ass action, some fun, something. You can do whatever you want here. This is not in the regular continuity. So everything is out there. It's almost like unlimited budget, everything going. And you're going to have a story where everybody's moping around in cold because there's no energy after a Kree attack that... Melts the polar ice caps I mean this is not something that I'm thinking of In the vein of Man I wonder what would have happened if Spidey Kept the Venom symbiote suit Like now that's fun or I wonder What would happen if Hulk ended up Killing the uh, Wolverine Oh that's it This is you know what if There was just an apocalypse and there wasn't a lot of Energy and Namor was Sulking around like there's The pitch and he did pitch this to Marvel. I was excited about the idea that Marvel actually took a cold pitch and went with it because at DC right now, that sort of thing doesn't seem to happen much. So I thought that that was kind of cool. But I'd, I'd love to hear the elevator pitch that he gave for this one because this was boring. It's not bad, but I think it's boring. The art looks great. But overall, you know, should I continue talking and reading uh, this? And I could go with the idea if this was something that I picked up the number one it would not go on my pull list. But here on the podcast, you know, again, it's almost like a what if. We have unlimited budget. We do, is what I heard. That's what the accountant told me. But we could read and do whatever we want. And I think that with that, I want to see if I want to keep or crap this. And if you never heard our pop culture, we actually had a segment, Keeper or Crapper, about news stories. And the Keeper, of course, is the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and the Crapper, that makes sense. It's just a toilet flush. And... Since the toilet flush does involve water, I think I'm going to hit that. I think I'm done with this. I'm going to read this one. We talked about it really quick here. I'm not going to continue with it. Maybe we'll continue with the Keeper or Crapper. Kind of put that into this podcast as a fun little deal when we get a number one or an Elseworld stuff like this. So, yeah, I'm giving it the Crapper. I'm going to hit it again. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. That's a Kiss My Grit 6. It is. We're getting all the sounds out here. It's mid. It's it's boring. Uh, the art's great, but it's just one of those things. And I even saw people who 
at least online, they're saying they're Namor fans. And they said that they didn't like it because, oh, this doesn't really tap into the Namor that they want or anything Namor. And I kind of wanted a little bit of Namor here, at least, you know, something. And it just seems like he's kind of backseat deal. And I think maybe this is more for Christopher Cantwell fans, all five of them. Oh, my. That's shade. But we're going to finish this and get on now to the next book. All right. And we'll continue and end with Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man number one, written by Taboo of Black Eyed Peas fame and B. Earl. It has art by my man Juan Ferrer, one of my favorite artists out there, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And I'll tell you, at the end of this, the only reason I will be continuing at least looking at it is because of Juan Ferrer's art. It's great. I love Juan Ferrer. I love his art. He's actually put me personally and my man Eric at DC in a bunch of issues of Green Arrow and also... He ended up putting me in an issue of Old Man Logan here at Marvel. So I owe him all of that gratitude every single time his name pops up. But it's well-deserved because he is awesome. And this book, it looks awesome. It's just be Earl and Taboo. They can't get out of their own way. Everything that I've read, I don't know if people realize this, but the whole Werewolf by Night book that they ended up doing was the last straw that made Brandon quit the podcast. So. I end up not really, you know, liking them too much because of that. Oh, Brandon ditches out and I'm left with the next taboo and be Earl book. The, the script here is a mess. The whole story of a darker Spider-Man who has these visions that involve squirrels, but not venom. And then at one point he ends up, he's in California. He's working with this girl to do some sonic experiments and ends up seeing this rock and picks it up. And that's leading them to more of these visions where by the end they seemingly figure out something. This rock, these visions, it all kind of goes into this experiment they're doing, but it uh, it messes up and they end up getting attacked by the end. But even the little things in between, I'll give Taboo and Biro a little credit. They do give Juan a lot of stuff to draw and it really fits Juan's deal. You have a lot of spread pages a lot of cool panel layouts, a lot of cool art within those panels that really end up impressing, and they really do. But do we need another side story of a dark Spider-Man? Do we need to have something that's so convoluted that at the end you pretty much say, well, at least it looked good? Because, yeah, there's just scenes that happen in this because you're already it already feels like you have to stretch it out. It feels like you have to extend it. As Peter just goes around L.A., he's hanging out, he's doing his stuff. And then even when he goes to an art gallery and sees this pinning, oh, my God, that's the solution. And then runs to the lab to tell this girl she's already figured out also. But then they hit a button and get attacked by a giant demon uh, bear. Very odd, very odd. But I said I'm not going to really get into the tip for tat of this one because it is kind of a mess, but it doesn't look like a mess. It looks incredible. And I do suggest, you know, checking it out just for the art. But does that sustain a whole mini series? That's the problem. I love Juan, but I don't know if it's worth a whole mini series just to check out his art, though I will be. I'm just saying to tell people to do that, though nobody listens to me anyway. But Really, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just not that great. The script is terrible. So 
with that, I'm going to give it uh, I'm going to give it another 6 out of 10. I'll kiss my grits this one because I'm sure people will dig the art and maybe some people can understand the story better than me. This was kind of a, da- a downer, the whole deal. I thought we were going to have some books that we liked. I didn't read these before I ended up recording this, so I was really hoping that I was going to like some things a little more. Now, with that, I am going to come back on Wednesday, a couple days from now, and I'm going to continue with a little catch-up, a little sort of deal, where I will talk about Thor, Moon Knight, and Carnage. So hopefully I'll like one of those three, and maybe we'll like all three. That'd be great. But at this moment, I'm digging some of the books, but no, I'm a little down. On the overall scheme of things here But, you know, it always can pick up Each week is almost like spring training And everybody can then be the Phillies And win the World Series, right? I'm from the Philadelphia area, if you didn't know And I'm kind of excited now for the Phillies They're a very fun team to watch Maybe a team of destiny Maybe they'll beat those cheaters, the Astros, right? You know what I'm saying? But with all that, enough baseball talk And even enough comic talk Because we're done Thanks, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed this as we're kind of getting towards maybe even molding into some sort of format, some sort of way to do things in this. We got the keepers and the crappers now. I was going to keep her a crapper this Spider-Man, mainly because of the idea that it is a number one. It's kind of an Elseworlds type deal, but I'm probably going to keep reading, but we'll, we'll do it for the podcast. What the heck? I'm crapping it. I'm crapping it, I am. Take that, b I don't know why B. Earl's the one that's taking that. Take that, Taboo. You know what the worst part about Taboo is? He's not Fergie. Oh, my goodness. Take that, Taboo. I like Taboo. I think Taboo is one of the coolest guys ever. And it, it kills me that I can't end up enjoying some of the things that he's on because I, I'd like him to, you know, give me a thumbs up, the old Taboo. But with all that, we're done. Go to Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. And then go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com where we have reviews each and every week, mainly by Gabe. And then also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where we have a bunch of books, a lot of Marvel stuff. One of the things that we're doing right now is going through the Marvel Zombies deal. That's on our events podcast for the spooky month of October. So that fits, right? But other things like the Ultimate Universe Reading Club, we have that and even more. So yeah, go check that out. Like I said, Weird uh, patreon.com slash weird science. It's getting very, very late as it does when I do Two this. Bros. Two bros, but only one bro here. That is the equation. But that is it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, and I'll talk to you all in a couple days. Go read comics. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.